Monique Bowley here. I'm trying something a little bit different today. One of my favorite parts of this job is getting your correspondence, reading it, listening to it. I love it. And we're getting a lot more these days. And we do read it all, but we don't always get the chance to respond. Until now. So I thought I'd put together a correspondence show, just a mini app, so that we can share all of your thoughts with the wider podcast community. It's like talkback radio, but without the shock jock, I guess. You know, sharing is caring. And also, you are a bloody funny and bloody smart lot out there. So here are your thoughts about our podcasts over the last week or so. Let's do this. To Mamma Mia out loud to start, Jane was listening to our conversation last week about obligatory friends. Imagine if you stayed friends with everybody through your whole life that you've ever been friends with. That'd be amazing. That would be There's fantastic. no time. Are you kidding me? You There's don't, no time. But you're assuming that to be friends, you need to continually be in contact with people. You don't. You can just have that no, bond No, you're absolutely right. You're, you're 100% right. And I guess the question that was put to me was, why don't you maintain as close a bond as you have had with everyone who's ever worked with you? And it's just not possible. There aren't enough hours in the day. Since reading this, I've had this fear. I haven't stopped thinking about it that I might be the obligatory <gasps> Me too. For a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, hang on. This might, this might, I was like, I don't have that many obligatory, and then I was like, I am the obligatory friend. Yeah. <laughs> don't think about it too hard because I had the same feeling. I was like, surally not. I'm, everyone loves me. And then I was like, oh, I need to know if I'm an obligatory friend. How do you find out? You just You're not my obligatory friend. You're my chosen friend. How about you, Mia? Is Mons your obligatory friend? No, I adore, <laughs> I adore you both and I choose you both. But How can you, you tell if you're an obligatory yeah. Stop putting in effort. See what happens. Ooh. Become aware. Are you always the first person to suggest dinner? Are you always the first person to reach out and text? Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> See some what people happens. like... Some pe- oh, yeah, okay. All right. What if you end up with no friend? Oh. <laughs> There's always Netflix. There's always us to listen to. Yeah, we're your friends. Yeah. Only Jane had an uncomfortable realisation. Maybe I am that um, toxic person that no one likes and it actually made me feel quite depressed and I do suffer from depression. But I just thought maybe you could talk a bit about that and what people do to reach out to other people um, who are depressed because I found it um, really, really um, interesting hearing what you guys had to say about it but also it really hurt me quite a lot and made me feel quite upset. But... um, I think that maybe the dialogue needs to continue in some form or another. So um, anyway, really find everything you guys do interesting and um, it gets me through the day. So thanks. You're okay. You are not the only one who had that thought of, am I the awful one? Am I the terrible friend? Does everyone hate me? It is a terrible feeling. But you know what would be worse is if you actually were a terrible friend and you had no idea. This way, by having these feelings, you know yourself and you can change things. Do you have someone that you can talk to honestly and openly? If you see a GP, they can put you on a mental health plan where you can get 10 sessions with a psychologist that you just, you know, swipe your Medicare card and it's all, you get the rebate on them. And maybe you can sit down with them and find out what's making you feel like this. You are not our obligatory friend, okay? Chin up, sunshine. In the same episode, I talked about the worst injury that ever happened to me. 
when I dislocated my shoulder. There are certain things the body shouldn't do and I don't want to see it. I dislocated my shoulder in a basketball game and I went to grab my shoulder, only it wasn't on my shoulder, it was on my chest. Like my my bone, I didn't have a shoulder anymore, it was like on my chest. And then they couldn't get it back in place because my shoulder wasn't in the joint anymore. So, And like I said... It did have a bright side. I don't want on a to scale s- of what? one to ten. How much did that hurt? Let's just say when I give birth, I'm just going to be able to go boop, to pop it out. Like that—that <laughs> so that was the what? level of pain. But Caitlin rang up and said, "Uh oh, I'm sorry to break this to you. I just wanted to let you know I slipped over in the hallway on some water with silly slippery UGG boots when my brand new baby was nine weeks old and did the same thing, dislocated my shoulder and it was sitting on my chest. And I'm just letting you know." It's a it's a walk in the park compared to childbirth. So prepare yourself. That's all. Bye. Oh, don't tell me that. That is terrifying. Isabel from Wollongong wants us to talk more about the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why. She had some issues with it. And I just thought 13 Reasons Why was the most irresponsible thing to put on Netflix for young people um, to watch. I think a lot of the people, you know, in the targeted age range around, you know, my age and younger have found it very problematic and very triggering, whereas a lot of older people, I think parents of teenagers, um, have thought that it's been um, a good thing and, and something that everybody should watch. But I found myself extremely triggered by the final episode where they graphically, you know, depicted um, the main character committing suicide. And I just think it's really important for, um, you know, you guys have such a wide audience and I think it's really important to let people know that this isn't a show that the vulnerable young teenagers should be watching because it sends a very, very irresponsible message of, you know, if you want to make a point to the world and and have people realise how they should be treating you, that suicide is the way to do it. Isabel, on the binge a couple of weeks back, look for just, you know, search the binge and look for the episode that's the title is 13 Reasons Why. Tiff Dunk and Laura Brodnick do talk about it and whether it's a helpful show or completely irresponsible and dangerous. Don't you think that this whole show in general is just really important viewing that like teenagers and adults should be watching? I could not disagree more. I read a headline before that said this is the show everyone needs to watch and I was like, whoa, incorrect. This is the show that so many people need not to watch. Okay, but why? Because this being a brilliant show and this being extremely dangerous are not mutually exclusive things. They can be both. So I think it's a brilliantly developed show. I think it's wonderfully filmed. I think the script is great. The underlying message, even the fact that it's called 13 Reasons Why, there is not a linear path when it comes to suicide. Psychologists will tell us that, that we can sit there and search and think about why someone made that decision. You will never come up with 13 clear reasons why, as much as that's the premise of the show. The experts tell us unequivocally with their research that the portrayal of suicide in this way, going through reasons why someone decided to do it, showing the graphic nature in which they took their own life, 
it will stimulate copycat attempts. We know that for a fact. Okay. I'm going to stop there because it's funny. I, I used to edit a teen magazine and, yes. and, and images around suicide, talk around suicide was something we were very, very conscious of. And so part of me going into this show thought, well, how do you get around this? And I actually thought the way they portrayed suicide in the show and the fact I didn't think it was glamorised. I think... The thing with suicide, you're right, there is a trigger effect, which is why you'll often find, like, if um, there's someone within a community that commits suicide, it'll trigger a ton of other suicides Yes, it's contagious, yeah. Yeah, and I agree, like, um, you know, you do have to be careful with how you portray suicide, but I felt the way they did it, it was graphic, it wasn't pleasant, it was deeply unpleasant to watch. Mm. I don't think it taught anyone how to do anything. I What the research shows us is that it's not so much whether we find it glamorous or not, it's actually showing how to do it. Mm-hmm. The fact that she committed suicide in a really specific way um, that we could all see is what triggers people to go down the same path. And what's interesting is that Australia has really, really um, rigid reporting mm-hmm. guidelines. The same don't exist in the States. Mm-hmm. So even I don't think you would ever see this on Australian television. Uh, and they didn't at the end make this really big point about how to get help. I believe it wasn't until an extra episode that you had to watch in order to get the resources. Resources of which I'm obliged to tell you right now that if you do need help in a crisis, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. And for further information about depression or suicide, contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or beyondblue.org.au. You can also talk to your GP, your local health professional or someone that you trust. To No Filter Now and our host and our fearless leader, Mia Friedman, was on Conversations with Richard Feidler this week talking about her new book, Work, Strife, Balance. You said, I'm very competitive and ambitious. Now, of course, there are plenty of competitive and ambitious women, but it's rare for a woman to say so. I thought about it before I said it. Did you? Yeah, the word. Uh, competitive, I'm always comfortable saying. Ambitious is very coded word among women. I don't think it, men understand if they call a woman ambitious, it's not necessarily a negative thing. But when women call other women ambitious, it's very coded. Like conniving, in other words. It can mean yeah. that. Or if she's got kids, it usually means this calling her a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's where I've got, oh, she's very ambitious. <laughs> it's like calling a politician courageous. Is it, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so why? 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 Why is that a problem? Cheryl Sandberg in Lean In wrote about the likability index for women and likability the likability index. index. So the more successful or powerful a woman is, the less likable she becomes. And that's why so many women in the public eye are called polarizing. Cheryl Sandberg among them, mm-hmm. Julie Gillard. Let's not talk about Pauline Hansen because that's a whole other thing. But I'm always described as polarizing constantly. And Carrie from Byron Bay says her husband came home and started explaining Mia to her. And he's come home telling me all about you and how amazing you are. And I'm like, no, Mia's my friend. Don't come home telling me to listen to her podcast. And now she's fighting with her husband about who loves Mia more. So that's nice. Katerina has found a way to cut her addiction from Facebook, which frankly is like our life overlord and sometimes a devilish place to be. Um, some time ago, I was really quite addicted to Facebook and Instagram until I found your podcast, and they're so interesting. I love them. I'm learning, not wasting my time on Facebook, worrying about what other people are doing. Thank you, Mia. 
You're a legend. That's pretty nice. And in case you missed it, a few weeks ago, Mia interviewed Jason and Aaron Brunston, a gay couple who were looking for a surrogate to have a baby. So, today, Romans 2. Yeah. Have you got another one cooking yet? How's your your sperm going? (laughs) I think that's on hold for a while. Um, It's full on, isn't it? Yeah, it's full on. Look, you know, I I just – people keep asking me and I keep saying, like, give me a break. I'm I'm, going to be 53 this year. By the time we go – because the way it's going, we would have to take it offshore again and do it, go through the, the process somewhere else. It's not like straight else. couples where you can just go, oops. Whoops, sorry. Again. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, no. So we would have to take it offshore again. We would have to figure out where to do it again. Yeah. By the time it all happened, I'd probably in by my mid to late 50s. And I, I don't think it's fair on a, on a, on a, on a child yeah. to, have a, to, to have me kind of crippling you know, staggering around when I'm 60. <laughs> You'll like, still be the coolest dad oh in the car. Oh, you know. will. You, you know will. what I mean? I'll be, be like, don't do that. Enter the pod phone. I don't even know if it's legal or allowed or what the rules are, but I don't want Jason and Aaron to have to wait till Jason's in his mid-50s to have another baby, and I'd be happy to be their surrogate. I know that's kind of a crazy thing to offer on a podcast phone message, but that's how I feel. We have passed your details on Mrs. Surrogacy, so make sure you let us know what happens next. And while we're on the topic of donations, Joe from Brisbane needs something too. And uh, I just listened to your podcast from last week about Jason Brunson and sourcing an egg via you guys. So just letting you know, I need a kidney. So if you could hook me up, that'd be great. Just kidding, guys. If you could just promote organ donation, that'd be wonderful. Bye. Oh, that really made me laugh. To Facebook now, and Dimity says she has pimped my Anzac biscuit recipe. I turned your Anzacs into an ice cream sandwich with macadamia ice cream in the middle to serve at an Anzac Day lunch, and it was so delicious. So hooray for you and your award-winning recipe. No, Dimity, hooray to you for pimping an Anzac biscuit. That is magnificent. That sounds... My mouth is actually... Did you just hear my mouth get all thick with... Yuck. My mouth's watering at that. And Dorothy England is a journalism major from New Hampshire. And for one of her classes, she decided to review Mamma Mia Out Loud. I'm lucky I found this podcast because it gives me my girlfriends back, she writes. And these girlfriends tell me all the things I'm missing, from amazing books to read, to how to cry professionally at work when you really just need to let it out. Yep, always in the toilets. This podcast is a combination of therapy and companionship I never knew I needed, and now I've become a regular. For one day a week, while all my chaos ensues, I can be a stereotypical woman and enjoy all the real emotions that real people go through. For one day a week, I can both forget about my troubles and remember to take care of myself. For one day a week, I'm reminded that yes, I am a warrior, And these women are here to reinforce that. Oh, man, that's really nice. That's really nice. She also says in her review about Mia, her words of wisdom drip like chocolate from a fountain. I just can't get enough. Dorothy, not all of Mia's words are chocolate from a fountain. Some are nipples in the workplace. Oh, no. I'm going to free my nipples while I do the rest oh of the segment. Oh, my God. Everyone, Mia's naked. I'm not naked. I've just freed my nipples. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know, you're actually sitting there so that we just can't see your nipples under the camera line. <laughs> because they're saggy. <laughs> 
Do you know why you can't see them? Because I've breastfed three children and they are not very high anymore. But I'll just adjust the screen so you can see them. Mum's just freaking out and I'm just perving. Just me. Oh, you've got great boobs. Oh, my gosh. Okay, knuckle down. Because someone anonymous called us with an amazing ethical dilemma. Except we can't quite make out the question. You must have been on a hands-free, in your car, with all the windows down, driving along a highway at 110. If this was you, please call back. Find a quiet spot and call us back because I did catch some tidbits of this and it is GCAF. Thanks for your correspondence for the week. If you think you know someone that would like our podcasts, tell them about the Mamma Mia podcast app. It's the easiest way to get them it's free they're all there it's just it doesn't crash like itunes does yeah the mamma mia podcast app just android or iphone one touch podcasts if there's something you want to say about any of our podcasts or you have a story to tell ring the podcast phone it's 028 9386 028 9386 good day to you wherever you're listening big smooch to you